greetings and welcome to the pod. My name is Mark West, and whilst I've been enjoying quite a lot of swimming over this weekend, one of the things I'm not doing is swimming the English Channel. But Sally Cat is, and she's raising money for a good cause whilst she does it. I started by asking her what got her into ocean swimming and what possessed her to take up this monumental challenge. Well, it's really, it was more a matter of osmosis. I was just swimming to the wrong people and it just slowly influenced you. <laughs> so, and you, you get sucked in, you get sucked in. So, but, you yeah, know, it hasn't been a lifelong dream all my life or anything like that. It sort of crept up on me. <laughs> you, you sound like you have a little bit of a British accent. So this is not a, a going home and swimming. Well, it did. I am English, yes, but I've been over here for a long t- quite a long time. So, um, yeah, yeah. Which is probably why it didn't appeal so much at first. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know that channel. It's pretty sort of horrible, dirty bit of water. So <laughs> other 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 places appealed more. Yes, I can imagine. <laughs> but after doing those other places, you think, oh, okay, it's the Everest of the swimming fraternity, I suppose. Yeah. If you. Yeah. So, what made you want to swim the English Channel? Because it's the Everest of of ocean swimming. It was just sort of serendipity, really. But I I have been doing the long swims, and I got in with a crowd in Melbourne. Um, called Black Ice, and they were just uh, an amazing gr- group group of swimmers who all of them seemed to have swum the English Channel. So you joined this group, and they all said, oh, okay, well, you know, when you're going to swim the English Channel? And it was just, you know, they, and they don't do it with uh, any professional mob or anything like that. They're just a group of random swimmers who swim on a Saturday morning, and I got in with them to swim through winter, so in, in Melbourne, the temperature goes down to below 10 degrees in winter. And there was always a thing that you had to, you know, become a, a member of this group. You had to swim oh, be about three kilometers um, after in winter. So after whenever winter starts, 1st of August, you had to swim this three kilometers and the temperatures got down to 10 degrees. So the cold water, and that's without a wetsuit. So the cold water swimming is, is, what I've been doing for about the last 10 years. And um, it was a bit of a challenge the first time. They said, oh, no, you're not going to be able to do this. You've got to swim every day to get accustomed to it. But I used to just rock up at weekends and give it a go and found that I could swim in the cold water. And once you know you can swim in cold water, um, you can keep just going a little bit further and further. And, yeah, so that's where the challenge begins, this cold water swimming with no wetsuit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you just go a bit further and further and hear about all these people, you know, achieving their goals of swimming English channels and things. And, yeah, you just sort of get sucked in. <laughs> it's one thing to swim a couple of kilometres in 10 degrees water and then, I mean, how far is the English Channel where you're swimming it? It's over 30 kilometres, isn't it? So it's 35 kilometres, yeah. 3Ks is one thing, which is all I ever intended to do, and that was fine. And then and then you swim further in the summer as it gets warmer and you start doing these 5K swims. And, and then everybody says, oh, if you're going to think about the English Channel, which I wasn't, you perhaps aim for doing the Rottnest swim, which is 20 kilometers, mm-hmm. but that's warm. So I thought, okay, maybe I will aim for that. You know, all these people are doing great things. So I, I gave myself the aim of Rottnest and thought that would be my final goal in life <laughs> of swimming 20 kilometers yep. at 21 degrees 
so I trained hard and did the what's called the bloody big swim in Melbourne. That's about 11 k's, and then that's a qualifier for Rottnest, and then I did a few other long ones, and then when was it? I think I achieved doing Rottnest in 2014. Um, it was a long swim, eight hours, and then well, that swam well except for the last or three quarters where I was vomiting the whole way but anyway I made it oh lovely <laughs> <laughs> I know that happens to swimmers <laughs> so um but yeah I, I got through that one all right and then you just think oh well, what's next and I thought that was the end of my goals but um we had some friends needing to make up a team in England to do a team English channel and I thought well that'll be you know, what, what's all this hype about doing the English Channel? I thought it was just a dirty stretch border, but perhaps I should go and have a look at it. So I joined a team, um, the six of us. And when you do a team swim, that means, have you heard about the team swims? Or No. Um, basically, people go in a team of six or a team of four, and you basically do a relay. So you have to jump in, swim for one hour, and keep going in the order of, uh, you know, that you started until you get to the other side. Um, so I did that with six people and, and that went, I think it was the most beautiful day in England that year, the heat wave, and it was just almost like swimming in the Mediterranean. <laughs> that went really well. Oh, wonderful. And, um, yeah, we swam that in about 11 hours. We had a little 14-year-old child with us and he struggled a bit, but he, he did it. Um so by the time you get to the other end, you've got to know the observers well, you've got to know the pilots really well, and they've got to know your swimming style well. And at the end of that, I was there with another girlfriend, Denise. Um, the pilot said, well, you two are good swimmers. I'm going to sign you up. <laughs> and I, no, no, don't want to do that. But <laughs> um, my friend Denise just said, yep, yeah, I want to do that, and I want a training partner. So um, we literally handed over... 400 pounds on the beach as a deposit the next day <laughs> on a misty day and um and I was thinking yep yeah, okay I've got the deposit I think I'll sell my spot <laughs> see I wasn't totally convinced at first um but yeah it just <laughs> it just kind of creeps up on you that okay actually you know if somebody else can train similar to me and do it then really I should give this a go it, it is the it's the Everest and, and people sort of give you the confidence saying, you can do this. And so I I paid my deposit and the following year, because it's a two-year waiting list, um, I paid the next deposit and thought, right, I'm, I'm committed. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a slow process actually committing myself to the to the cause. But once once locked in, you're in and you just start training. And um, so th- so yeah. there's a formal way way of doing this. Is there like a, a formal body that looks after channel swims yes, and they provide the is. boats and pilots? Yeah, and... there is. Yeah, okay. there's, now there used to be just one, but now there's two um, formal uh, bodies. There's a CSA and the CSPF, and um, they tend to be rather rivals. But anyway, the six boats go from each group every um, every week or every good tide over the summer period. So. You can only really swim the channel from July through to the end of September um, because that's when the temperature is bearable. So I think I think somebody did it when it was about 12 degrees, but that's pretty crazy. Um, you know, people start swimming it when it gets to about 15 degrees. Um, 
And then that's balmy for you. It, You're swimming in ten oh, degrees. Fifteen. I know. That's, <laughs> remember, that was only three k's. Um, <laughs> but then, hopefully, when I'm booked in the end of September, we've got to. Um, we hope it's almost peak of the temperature, so it could be around seventeen degrees. That's the water temperature. Who you know, knows yeah, what the air temperature yeah, yeah. is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you get this window and you're either, you, you get a slot, you're either number one slot, two, three or four, and number one gets first dibs of that window, which is usually a neat tide, makes it a little bit easier, the tide's a bit slacker, and so they get to go first with this pilot and then you have to wait to see if the conditions are right for the number two slot, and, and yeah, people go over there and you know, quite likely I might not even swim at all because the conditions are never good enough. So it's not just about can I do it. It's, you know, I've got that week. Are the conditions going to be right? And, you know, I might just never have the right conditions. And they have to see a window of good weather for for your estimated time of the swim. And when you're a slower swimmer like myself, (laughs) you know, that needs a longer period of good weather. So, how, well, how long do you think? How long do you think it would take you? Sixteen, seventeen hours. Wow, in one go. <laughs> I think it might take sixteen to seventeen hours. I know it's um, it's going to be a long time. Um, I've just done a twenty k this weekend, which took six hours twenty, but that was beautifully tide assisted and wind assisted. So. Normally, wow. there's going to be double that. This it'd be more like I should have taken more like eight, and then it's going to be more like. Yeah, 16 to 18 hours. So how often do you need to eat during that? Like you'll need to eat every hour or something or how does it work? You do need to, yeah, people have different regimes, but um, I'm pretty much on a half hour feeding thing. And yeah, basically every half hour um, they'll throw you a rope and a drink bottle at the end of it and you'll, you'll take in some food and maybe not a lot of eating, some people eat a fair bit. They eat cakes and bananas and baby food and what have you. But um, you can get, as long as you can get enough energy into some sort of drink, it's perhaps a bit easier just to take, you know, your your food down in liquid form, and then just yes, then just keep swimming. But you're not allowed to touch the boat. You just have to have tread water and and then keep going. Dare I ask about toilet stops? <laughs> toilet stops. <laughs> oh, look, you know, it's easy to have a wee, isn't it? <laughs> you just, that's easy. But yeah, the other ones, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a bit more tricky. But um, I think sometimes your body kind of almost shuts down and you don't need to worry about it. But sure, that can be an issue and you just have to, you just have to potter off and say, look, do don't look guys do. on the boat. <laughs> do what you're going to do. And yeah, I have to. Once I had met, <laughs> a little bit embarrassing, but um, <laughs> well, you're in the water for but, 17 um, hours. I mean, that's <laughs> it's got to yeah, be part of it, yeah. You've got to be doing something, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but um, yeah, weeing's not so hard, but it can be an issue. Yeah, people can get blocked up and all sorts. I mean, diet diet is the main thing that causes a failure, in in you know, if you get your diet wrong, um. Yeah, things can go wrong, <laughs> and yeah. So, so have you have you had to change your uh, diet during training? You must have a, like a nutrition regime as as well. Um, yeah, I've always because I've been swimming in a group of sort of random channel swimmers. Every single channel swimmer has their own advice, and you pick their brains and you work out what to do. 
but actually there's a lot of organizations, a lot of people now coming on board to be channel trainers, you have coaches, and there's a an excellent lady up in Cairns called Tara Traversi, who's a dietitian for the Swimming English Channel thing, and I have actually just signed up with her um, because she's swum the English Channel. She's also an excellent dietitian, and, you know, it's probably better to listen to somebody with that scientific background as well as just, you know, it worked for me sort of theory. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to get to get your advice from. So I've sort of been just signed up with her, but basically been following her her advice for the last couple of big swims, which is this sort of rotating liquid diet. Yep. <laughs> so you, you can have a fair team behind. I'm trying to be minimalist, you know, want to do it on my own, but you can have a fair team of people behind you, you know, booking your spots and coaching you. And it didn't yep. used to be like that, but it's, you can get in early if you pay triple the money and all that sort of thing. But um, all right. so I've booked my own spot and done all my own payment of everything. A bit fiddly working with the English system, but um, you can get there eventually. And um, you've got to join the Channel Association and then you've got to send all the medicals and documents and all that sort of thing. It's quite, it's quite protracted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess, and then I guess you, it's part yeah. of keeping you safe, yeah. It's part of you keeping safe, yeah, yeah. And then you have to do a qualifier, which is coming up at the end of April. So you've got to do a minimal six-hour qualifier in 16 degrees or less. Okay. So I've got that booked in to do. Uh, I think Denise and I, because we're slow swimmers, we'll try and do eight, more than eight hours if we can, in round and round in circles, bright and bass. <laughs> is, that, so is, that, so, is that in Australia? Is, there, is it 16 uh, yeah, degrees yeah, so in Melbourne at the moment? Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, not quite yet. It's it's dropping, but uh, I think April the twenty eighth we booked in. We always do it the weekend after and that day, and it's pretty guaranteed to have just drop down to that sixteen degree mark. You don't want it much less. No. <laughs> but I've been there. I've swam it before. I've swam Windermere. That's another one I did, which was a long cold one. So I did a qualifier for that just to make sure I could do it before. So I've done this. I've done seven and a half hours in cold water and Windermere is a lake in England and that was about 16 degrees, 17 degrees and that was another six-hour swim. Wow, that would have been quite hard as well because that would have been freshwater, would it have been, if it was a lake? Oh, yeah, 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 you, yeah, you sink more, but yeah. But every every body is a little bit different. I tend to float quite well in in lake water for some reason, but um, yeah, men, men tend to sink. <laughs> grab your legs or something <laughs> I don't know <laughs> so, yeah so the Windermere was a good experience so how much how much do you train every week how many kilometers are you doing if you just did a casual six hours on the weekend yeah you have to do a fair bit you, you do a lot in the pool so we've got a couple of really good uh pool coaches that do squads um Ironman type squads and I could potentially do four a week but um at the moment I'm probably just trying to do three so that clocks up 12 kilometers and then at the weekend, you try and do another 12 kilometers or so, and then you build up. So, that, yeah, probably should be doing 25 as a regular basis, and then some weekends, some weeks, if you can get up to 35 or do some sort of rotation. We can do about 100Ks a month in whatever rotation yep. you like. I think that's sort of where I'm coming from. And then I guess you'll, you'll, you'll peak in July or something, will you? And then start to taper in is that the way it works or do you just go hard the whole way no yeah taper probably august 
Yeah, maybe August starts slowing down. But you won't be able to do as much bay swimming then because it's too cold. But just try and push the bays swimming to about two hours in the cold water. Great. Uh, it's a great journey, and there's the main thing for me is I like to swim with friends, and people are always there to support you. You know, kayakers are always, you know, they they like this journey and they go along with you. And ex-channel swimmers will support you and go out on long swims, and so it's it's a very social thing. Yeah. So although you're doing all this training, you're out. You're always out with good mates who are doing similar things or just out there helping you train. Uh, so it's not a huge chore. It just takes a fair bit away from your working life and family life. And it's a fair chunk of time, isn't it, to be able to do it? But it is. It is a fair chunk of time, and it is. Yeah, it is quite yeah demanding. But um, and I don't know that I'll do as much training as some because I just think you know when you're a little bit older that you shouldn't push it as much. I think on the day you can push it, but if you push it beforehand, you might get you know, prone to injuries. So I'll probably be on the air of caution of not overtraining. Um, and then you've got to think about maybe strengthening. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, I guess if your aim is sort of to finish as opposed to break the world record, then yeah, uh, pushing yourself in training. But, I mean, you have to push yourself in training to be able to swim 33 kilometres, so it's not yeah. like you're taking yeah. it easy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, no, I'm not trying to break a world record, that's right. So I don't think I'm going to get any faster. <laughs> You know, you just have to build up your stamina and, um, yeah, just keep pushing out those kilometers. That's incredible. <laughs> I guess. But it, interesting that, yeah, the dietitian lady who lives in Cairns, so she's um, she can't see how we're swimming really, but she's got us to do things like um, DEXA scans. I'm not sure you've heard of those. So they look at your ratio of fat to muscle and look at your body mm-hmm. composition, your bone composition. And then she could assess, okay, because you're supposed to put in about on about 10% of your body weight in fat, because you need extra fat to keep you warm um, when you're swimming, which isn't a great thing for a particular female to have to do. <laughs> well, I'm enjoying putting on the weight, but <laughs> taking it off is going to be a nightmare. But um, but yeah, so she could look at see, you know, okay, your fat requirement is looking all right but actually it's perhaps slightly in the wrong place and I think you need to build your muscles up so there's also the idea of a bit more muscles to build up on the arms so that they'll survive that time as well so that means time in the gym I guess which is not really my thing but that's been my recommendation that I should just actually build up my arm muscles a bit because they're not quite up to scratch so there's that to fit in as well (laughs) Is it gym work as well as just plain um, old swimming? Yeah, it looks like it. I was hoping to get away with no gym work. I thought swimming would just build out your muscles. but oh, If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Exactly, it's exactly. Not it's not easy. <laughs> so. So 
And you're raising money for charity as well. How can we sponsor you? I am. Mm, yeah. So basically, um, I'm raising money for ANSGOG, which is a charity for mainly ovarian cancers, but it's also the gynecological cancers of any type. And I was inspired by my friend that I've known a long time and just inspired by her story. As, you know, I just reconnected with her in Sydney, an amazing young woman with young kids and all of a sudden she had this ovarian cancer and it just and she was devastated and she pretty much shared her story and she's out in remission at the moment just for a little while but she's she knows it's one of these cancers it's very likely to come back it just needs to be more research in that field and she's out there promoting it she's you know saying look we've got to protect me and other women and I was so inspired by her work, I thought, oh, you know, and I'm sort of in that field as well, a um, bit of research field in more sort of IVF, but I've also worked on ovarian freezing for cancer patients and things. That's sort of my field of work. And then hearing her story, I just thought, yeah, this is the one charity I'd really like to support. And a great charity. They're just really innovative. They're just, you know, very encouraging of what you're doing and not just, okay, here's one Facebook page or can we, you know, can we do a charity swim and can we do this and what have you? And um, so it's just really good to be connected with a great group of people working on this charity. And hopefully I can raise awareness and money along my journey. I've got an Everyday Hero page. It's there. I just need to promote it a little bit more, get it out there to people. I can certainly give you those details and people will see my journey and, and, donate to that charity and also hopefully I can just get the awareness up a little bit about these cancers as well and maybe do a few charity gigs around the place. Well you're organising charity swims as well. I think I saw somewhere along doing some in Melbourne. Well we're thinking about it. We're trying to get um, we have um, we're getting hats made for the, the Save the Box campaign which is actually one of the big campaigns that this charity does, which is a great catchy sort of um, <laughs> campaign, which happens in September, which fits in well with my swim. Um, so people go around, you know, physically with a cardboard box with Save the Box, which you can imagine what we're saving. Um, but we've get, we're getting hats made, and I'll either sell these caps or we'll try and organise some sort of swim. Um, some sort of charity swim, um, which whether I'll do, because it's now coming into winter, or whether I'll be able to do before my swim, but um, hopefully, yeah, maybe one of the maybe one of the twilight swims, I'll, I'll try and get it to be a charity swim and people can donate and, and get a hat and that sort of thing and raise awareness that way. When is the big day in September? The window is 16th to the 21st of September. So I've got a big, yeah, so Denise, my colleague, my friend who's doing it at the same time, the one that bullied me into it, we're sharing a big, I know, sharing a big house near Dover. Dover's the pits, but around the area is very pretty. We've got a beautiful house just below the white cliffs of Dover. She's got a lot of support. She's a New Zealander, but she's got a lot of English support. And we've got Australians coming over to support us on the boat. I've got my entire family coming down to in cottages. So even if we don't swim, we'll be walking the white cliffs of Dover and <laughs> and having you know a good yeah a good focus around that swim, swim. It'll be perfect. but yeah we will swim we've got to swim 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, I've got to swim. <laughs> the weather would be beautiful. Yeah, it'd be a picnic. So you've got to think and positive. Do you get to stay in France too, or do you kind of immediately <laughs> um, jet? Yeah, down? that's very hard. You have to carry a passport with you. If you don't, you, you can get done by customs. But um, yeah. pretty you much turn you around and get swim back. That's right. Swim back. Yeah, pretty much. You you could arrive. You swim through the night, or you swim whenever. It, you don't know when you're going to start or when you're going to arrive. The ideal time is about lunchtime, and the ideal place is on the beach where somebody will feed you a glass of champagne, which does happen. Uh, but more likely you'll arrive in the middle of the night on some sort of rock wall or something because you have to go. I know. <laughs> that's where that's where we ended up with our team, in the dark, you know, on a rock wall. And we just touch it, haul ourselves back on the boats and spend four hours getting back. Uh, and you're freezing and <laughs> you, you have to have lots of clothes to warm you up. Oh, really? So you, you do have to go... You've got to go jump straight back in the boat and go home. Yeah, you do. You go back to Dover. Um, I think there is a possibility. There's a couple of people apparently sort of jump ship. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> but it's not easy. It's not, not normal to do that. I had a friend that wanted to do it, but it was just too hard in the end. You know. It sounds like a good idea, but in reality, um, you know, the boat takes you back to shore and you take probably – five hours to actually warm up properly because when you you're okay when you're swimming because you're using all your muscles etc uh you may get pulled out with hypothermia uh but if you make it you will get hypothermia straight away afterwards because you stop swimming and all the uh heat these of your body and you know your organs start to cool, cool down so it's really critical that you very carefully warmed in that stage and yeah so you you won't be sort of just dancing around on the beach <laughs> so not for long anyway yeah yep. <laughs> so it's a bit of a critical stage so <laughs> it's quite i mean it is very cold to put your body through that yeah and you could end up being i think denise and i have both got doctors on board which is handy because there's so many things that can go wrong the big thing at the moment is something called sipe which is swimming induced pulmonary edema and that's catching quite a few swimmers you know basically you basically drown your lungs and you start to drown and (laughs) that's caught I know that's caught a few people but you know you you then have to be pulled out and looked after pretty carefully I've had a few people that spent a few days in hospital with that and takes a bit of a recovery so I know that one's sort of Really, you know, people have just become aware of that recently. Is that just through continually ingesting seawater, is it? Yeah, I think so, yes. Yeah, so I suppose if the spray is the wrong way, it's, you know, not so much swallowing because that's going into your stomach, but, in just, yep, you know, yep, going yep. down your nose into your lungs and everything. Um, yeah, you just start sort of, yeah, your lungs start filling up with water. Yeah, so that's that's one hazard. <laughs> so, and. You know, vomiting, not being able to keep your food down is another one. And, yeah, and then just your arms giving up. I suppose just, you know, your body just giving up on you, I suppose. But you can usually, yeah, injury can happen. So the the main thing is is mainly a mental game. Having said that, if something physically goes wrong, then (laughs) you've got to stop. Well, there's probably no sharks up there, but... Yeah, a few few seals and things, but... um, no sharks, uh, jellyfish, and just it's the biggest shipping lane in the world. So 
there's a heck of a lot of tankers that you dodge along the way. Just amazing how they do it. So, yeah, you go through a, I think it's a southeastern and a northwestern shipping lane, and it, it's pretty it's pretty busy. <laughs> so, wow. So that's the main thing that you're dodging. Are you tempted to... Not that glamorous, really. No, I will. <laughs> Are you tempted to <laughs> parlay this into, you know, ice swimming or something? I saw recently the, there was some winter European oh, swimming yeah. championships going on, and they swim in, you know, less than five degrees. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's, that's another thing that swimmers have to do once they've, you know... <laughs> Uh, is the ice mile. So you have to swim one mile in, I think, five degrees or less. So that's on my list. Well, there's not many places in Australia where you can do that. No, no. I think I would go back to England to do that one, maybe the Lake District or something. It's so beautiful there. No, I think you'd have to be doing it in some exposed lake up in in the Highlands somewhere, and then you wouldn't be near anywhere because you need to be near somewhere where you can warm up and you know have a hot cup of tea and and all that sort of thing so it's very hard to do it in australia but um yeah that's quite a thing people are definitely doing the mile and the ice mile so yeah that that's on the list (laughs) well yeah and unless you're up in iceland or somewhere the ocean rarely gets that cold but if you're really north you can do it in the ocean but i think you're right most people end up doing it in lakes europe or england somewhere yeah they do there's one yeah, there's one. I'm from Yorkshire, and I've seen certainly seen people doing it in these Yorkshire lakes, so that might be might have to be an aim of mine later on. <laughs> oh, it'd be incredible. I, I I kind of think about it sometimes, and then and then I realise I'm pretty wussy just getting into 21 degree ocean water. So, <laughs> so are you a, are you a swimmer as well? Uh, a, swimmer a, as well? A, a slow one. I certainly couldn't swim 33 kilometres. Oh, well, I I would have said exactly the same, you know, six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so. You get sucked in. <laughs> so, I think my first swim where I thought I was doing really well was a 5K one, which is a Kuti Bondai years oh, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live in Sydney. That was a major achievement for me to do 5Ks. Yeah, do that one. That's good. I've, I've got some friends <laughs> that have done that. I've, I mean, I've done a 5K swim, but mm. in the harbour, and it's much flatter than Kuti to Bondi. I heard about this year's Kuti to Bondi, and it was pretty bumpy. Oh, was it bumpy? Ah, yeah. I did it. I think I did it the first year it was on or something. And it was that to me then was a huge deal, you know. Could I swim five k's? And that wasn't that long ago. So, watch this space. You'll be swimming the channel in ten years' time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I don't think I, 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 I. Yeah, I barely get one kilometer of training in, let alone the um twenty-five kilometers of training you're doing every week. Well, yeah, sounds like you've got young children. That happens. <laughs> Mine are nineteen, twenty-one year olds, and they just get ignored now. <laughs> <laughs> they can go training with you. But, yeah, no, I couldn't have done it. No, they don't. <laughs> they all just think I'm mad. <laughs> well, they might be a little bit right. But, um, yeah. Well, they might. <laughs> I've got a very good husband who cooks a lot. Yeah, putting my weight on. So. <laughs> but, no, they're, <laughs> they're um, um, I mean, you've, yeah, you've, you've found something where, mm. in which you can eat a lot and do something you love, I mean, it sounds it sounds almost like the perfect hobby yeah, to me. Yeah, it's not bad, is it, really? No, it's awesome. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm really enjoying eating, but I'm just a bit nervous about how it will come off. Probably won't, but um, yeah, it is. You know, you, it's the perfect hobby. You know, you're swimming with friends. You, you can eat as much as you like, <laughs> and you just have to keep swimming. But, um, yeah. Yeah, you're just going to have no, to keep good. doing it when you're yeah. after this. Yeah, the, the thing. Yeah, the thing is, afterwards, whether it's a success or a failure, apparently people get very a bit. So you have to have a new goal. You have to yep. always have a goal, yep. otherwise you can get a little bit low. Uh, I mean, swimming actually for me, there was one time I, I just had 
suffered a wee bit of depression at one point, maybe three years ago, and it was all my swimming friends said, yeah, book in for the swim, do this, do this, and it's probably the swimming that got, out, got me out of it, you know, just having a focus. Yep. Uh, so yep. it is very good for mental health. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, uh, if it's all round, it's very yeah, good. Yeah, 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 it is, yeah. anybody ever swim back from France or do the currents <laughs> they do they do there's uh, there's three people have done a triple uh, in the world and there's several right. people done doubles so they go there and back um, people used to swim, swim from France all the time but then the French just were not into it for some reason so it's always from England and there's a lady we swim with Chloe McArdle who attempted a four way last year she didn't make it but uh, she's one that's done a triple. She's amazing swimmer. She's about you know thirty year old or whatever, and very fast. And was going for the the quadruple, the four laps, as they, as she called it. Four yeah. laps. I mean that's over yeah. hundred and what hundred and thirty yeah. kilometers. Or yeah. So. I mean that's which is pretty that's incredible. A lot of kilometers. Uh, I mean, that, yeah. That's just crazy. In one go. Yeah. So she didn't make it. She got. I think she had the breathing difficulties after two and a half. Uh, but yeah, she she trained well for it. So um, yeah. So but that's. Mm. I mean, I, I can't <laughs> get over how long that would that would even take. I mean, that's that's over a day swimming, right? It'd take her even somebody very fast. Yeah, still take it's it's over twenty four hours. It's crazy. It? Yeah. So she she could do one way in about nine hours. So that's nine eighteen. Yeah, about thirty six hours would be her aim, which is incredible amount yeah. of swimming. Oh. But yeah. So I have to think of her all the time, and I think, oh well, I've only got seventeen hours. <laughs> Exactly. There's always somebody doing something tougher. <laughs> and most people are very ordinary that do it. There's very normal, ordinary people that just have this sort of fascination. <laughs> Three of the women, similar age to me, all attempting it this year so wow. whether we'll make it or not is a different matter but i don't know what gets into us <laughs> it's a yeah. pretty exclusive club i think it's pretty awesome yeah it, it is an exclusive club if you can get there let's give it a go well that's it for this edition of the pod Thanks very much to Sally for taking the time to chat. And if you would like any more information on anything you heard in this episode, or you'd like to find the link to sponsor Sally for her swim, get over to our website at www.thepodpodcast.net. That's www.thepodpodcast.net. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next time.